0: It's the Owl360 Podcast, again, coming to you from our different locations. But uh, today's show, we're going to be talking about high school and middle school scheduling. Also, we'll be checking in with Ms. Kate DuBois, our dyslexic coordinator for the district, and what's been going on with her. And let's go ahead and jump right in. With us is Ms. Nikki Story. Hey, Nikki.
1: Hey, Troy. How are you?
0: I'm okay. Thanks for asking. And Mrs. Van Lu. Hi, guys so let's just jump in and start talking uh nikki what all is involved as far as high school scheduling
1: oh wow that's a that's a really complicated question um if you want to start like i mean at the eighth grade level like i mean i know you guys are in that right now with us Um, you know we started that in january with our information nights getting that information out to parents and students and then we've been working with you this spring you know, trying to get the information from you that your teachers think um, are best for like core classes for your students, but letting your students pick their electives. And so right now, we're just kind of polishing their schedules, really. Um, And that's kind of the way it is with all the students right now. Um, Luckily, I mean, if there can be a blessing with this COVID-19, it actually happened after we got all of our course requests in. Um, Mr. Pranya, and Mr. Fife always want our schedules um, and course requests completed by spring break. And so we had basically met with all of our 9th, 10th, and 11th graders and got our course requests in. So right now, we just have sometimes kids emailing us, asking us to change some things. Um, we're just finishing up. Changing uh, maybe classes that are too full, taking students out, you know, emailing them and asking them if they would be willing to try something else. Um, I know Mr. Fife said this week that uh, they're trying to finish up the master schedule this week. And to answer your question of when schedules might be ready, we're hoping to open up I now for the students to see their schedules either late this week or the beginning of next week. So I think that'll make students and parents happy because I know we've been getting emails wanting to know when they can see their schedules. And so the goal is um, for them to be able to see that by the end of this week or beginning of next.
0: Nikki, now how is placement done? I know as far as incoming freshmen, um, that's teacher recommendations. Let's say I sign up and I think, well, I'm really good at at math and I want to go ahead and take (laughs) out for honors. And I, you know, I, how does that work?
1: Well, we try to, um, this was the first year we kind of let the students pick where they thought they wanted to be when they came to high, to, to high school and what class they felt like they could, they could handle. And then, um, we've looked at their grades that they currently have, um, you know, this year in the eighth grade Sometimes we look back at past I-STEP scores and then we've we've emailed some teachers. We've emailed, you know, you guys for the students that we think, you know, may struggle once they get to high school or may not have, um, you know, enough experience and, you know, maybe algebra, you know, and coming over and trying to take accelerated geometry their freshman year. Um, Because there's a lot of other things to consider when you come to the high school your first year, there's a lot of transition. And so we want to make sure that kids are, ready in all different kinds of areas because those are going to be tough classes coming, you know, right out of the middle school. And so, you know, we try to look at all different kinds of areas like that and feedback from, you know, I think you guys, especially, because you know, the student, you know, their work ethic, you know, how they've been throughout the year. And so we try to take all that into consideration. And then we've been making calls to some of the parents when, um, when we have had to move them, maybe back into um, regular geometry instead of accelerated geometry, or if they had picked accelerated bio and we thought maybe, you know, earth science was, you know, the better place to start for freshman year. And, and overall the parents have been very understanding when we've made those phone calls.
0: Now, if a student has a question about their schedule, whom do they email?
1: Well, it would be best if they would email their counselor. Um, So I'm, I'm hoping that they maybe understand and then and they may not know the breakdown of who their counselor is. I know we went over that during freshman orientation and not all students were there. Um, But if they can, if they go on the Seymour High School website and they go to student services and they there's a link there for the eighth grade information, there is a breakdown of the counselors by alphabet so they would be able to see who their counselor is.
0: For example, they might say, well, I'd signed up for biology. I really don't think I'm ready for it. And they would just email their counselor according to their last name, who's assigned to them. And that would be Mr. Harmon, Mrs. Harmon, yourself, or Mr. Fife. Is that correct?
1: Yep. That would be the best thing for them to do is to email us.
0: Okay. Mrs. Van Lu, how do things differ as far as the uh, middle school scheduling uh, to the high school scheduling?
2: I know in high school, the kids have, they get to pretty much choose what they want to take, or they have a lot more choices. Our seventh graders really don't have a lot of choices. They can take band or choir. Um, We kind of just take, because of the situation that we're in, we've taken the list from sixth grade center and just made those our seventh seventh grade band and choir list. The high ability lists are kind of predetermined based on some test scores and um, things like that. There's a, a plan or a, uh, guidelines that they go by. And the rest of the classes, really, for the seventh graders are all pretty much the same. Um, I guess we have pre algebra and seventh grade math, but those were determined by um, I, I ready scores. Yes. Right. Um, eighth graders, though, they do have more choices. And luckily, right before spring break, we had them make choices for their encore classes. So they get to have a first and second choice of what they wanted to take. They do have a few choices of high school courses that they can take as eighth graders. So we have kids that will be taking those classes. And then what I've been spending a lot of time, days and days and weeks and weeks, it seems like, is uh, putting all, compiling all that. And now we're inputting requests. And so we're pretty close to the point we're ready to run our master schedule. I would say probably next week we will do that because we'll have the request in. Um, and, um, and then we'll go from there. I would, what we have done in the past is we have mailed out schedules with an open house letter and a, um, uh, supply list and those kinds of things. We've mailed that out the end of July. So I think that's probably what we'll do. And at that point we would open up the schedule The I now, uh, well, or harmony, if we can do that, the new program we're going to. Um, we will open it up for students to see, but that's probably going to be sometime mid to late July. At least that's what we've done in the past.
0: Well, you know, Harmony is, uh, that's a new program. It's a new student-centered, student information program that's replacing our old program, which is called STI, uh, for those of you who don't know. And its uh, that's kind of a question mark, too. How much is going to transfer over? Are there going to be glitches? And I think Mr. Rodman, who's our technology coordinator, had said, Guys, didn't he say sometime in June they were going to do that switch? Does that sound right?
2: They're looking at June 15th Okay. to take our scheduling data. Right now, they already have some of the data that they're pulling over, addresses and that type of information. But the scheduling data and some other things like that, early to mid-June.
0: Okay, now Mrs. Van Lu, if there's if there are mistakes in the schedule, uh, like for example, oh, I'm in band and I'm in general music and band. Again, all a parent or the student needs to do would just be email uh, the counselors at the middle right. school.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't be a problem, and we'll get that changed. Um, and then they can, they'll you know they'll get their schedule ahead of time. It'd be best if they would contact one of us, or they can do it at open house, but that gets kind of late and gets kind of hectic that night. So I suggest they do it before the open house night.
0: Well, and again, everything's kind of up in the air. We have nothing definitive yet about even the start of school. That's kind of depends on a lot of factors. So kind of in a holding pattern. But uh, if parents, if you do have questions, feel free uh, to give us a call. Uh, here's Nikki Story's home phone number. Everybody, no, I'm kidding.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: do that. <laughs> yeah, just have it. Just call Kate DuBois uh, at Emerson, and she'll take care of that. Kate, I know you're a veteran scheduler too, from being at the high school. Kate is assistant principal at uh, Emerson Elementary, and also she is our district coordinator for dyslexia. And uh, Kate, switching topics real fast. I know that you have been in a couple of trainings uh, recently, and would you mind jumping in and tell us a little bit about that?
3: Sure. Uh, I have had uh, the opportunity to get trained in something referred to as the Sonday system, and that is something that we are bringing to Seymour Schools to help our students who may be identified with characteristics of dyslexia. I also had the opportunity to attend an IMSE, which is a multisensory approach to education that also follows Orton-Gillingham instructional practices, and that was for intermediate grades. So I was able to find ways to help students who are maybe in grades three and up who are having um, some challenges in getting that reading fluency and getting that Uh, secure um, reading development and uh, very excited to have had that opportunity and uh, work with teachers to be able to help students to read.
0: Kate, to to jump in real fast as a review, could you you define dyslexia for us very quickly?
3: Uh, Sure. So there's not actually one uh, definition. Indiana has adopted the definition of the International Dyslexia Association and uh, primarily what they're looking at is deficiencies in phonological and phonemic awareness, uh, as well as difficulties in spelling and sounding out words, and that would be characterized. Uh, it is a neurological um, disorder, and it typically is unexpected in the child. It wouldn't be um, wouldn't be something that you would. Uh, find that the student would be having difficulties to be able to acquire reading. Um, and something I, I always like to help people to uh, just to know is that, you know, sometimes we think um, that reading is just part of being a human. And it it actually, it we are using our brains in very unique ways and very unique structures whenever we learn how to read. Uh, we're taking uh, a symbol on a page and then applying a sound to that and then there are 44 uh, sounds in the English language and um, it's actually a very complex process that our brain goes through but boy it does it in, in very quick fashion. But there are some individuals where that neural networking is comprised in a little bit of a different way. And it's more of a challenge to be able to decode um, and apply all of those concepts at the same time. And so that's the beauty of multi-sensory education is that it helps the brain to create those neuro pathways so that, so that that reading can be, can be done more efficiently and effectively.
0: Sure. I mean, and you know what, growing up dyslexia, I thought, well, you just jumble up your letters. Uh, but there's more to the, to it than that, correct?
3: Yes, it's actually uh, considered more of what they refer to as phonological or phonemic um, development, and that is being able to take words apart and hear the different sounds, beginning sounds and ending sounds in words. Um, and it's, for example, being able to hear the word cat, and then if someone were to say change that beginning sound to an H, and then the individual needs to know that they would then replace it with a sound at the beginning and then making that word hat. Um, that's referred to onset and rhyme is the, is the ending sound. We have things uh, known as digraphs and vowel teams and all sorts of things that, that are, again, those of us who read fluently kind of take for advantage unknowingly. Um, and that's quite a, a challenge for individuals with dyslexia.
0: And how much of our population would you say, you know, has dyslexia in some form?
3: There are... Uh, reports that say approximately 20% of individuals may struggle with characteristics of dyslexia, that would be considered on a continuum as we think about that. There are individuals who have mild forms of dyslexia to moderate forms, and then there are individuals with significant significant impairment of dyslexia. And oftentimes what we find um, with individuals with a significant impairment, there's a something referred to as surface dyslexia as well as uh what's what's known as deep dyslexia and uh, surface dyslexia is when there is difficulty being able to recognize that shape and when they visualize the shape also be able to apply the sound to that keep those in um word order as we see them on the page to create something that's known as orthographic memory. Um, and then the deep dyslexia is that part of the brain that uh, that deals with the language impairment, um, just of being able to manipulate those sounds, hold those sounds um, in kind of in what's known as an automaticity um, and be yeah. able to pull those up very rapidly. So individuals with significant forms of dyslexia um, oftentimes have, have that combined type where they not only have a surface, but also a deep, deep dyslexia impairment.
0: And if parents are concerned, or t- how would they get a hold of you? What What's our district policy, just to email you or call the school or talk to their teacher first?
3: Well, I certainly always encourage... Uh, parents to contact their teacher part of it especially with young children um, the process of learning to read the way that that develops oftentimes does look like dyslexia just because of trying to learn the sounds again the brain has to has to develop um, that coding within it so um, there are some things that are prototypical of reading development and I would certainly lean on teachers for their expertise and and their recommendation within that. We also know though that early intervention is key to making sure that students are able to acquire their reading skills. Um, We definitely want to to be working to identify that before uh, the fourth grade. So, but if there are any specific questions just about dyslexia and and wanting to kind of know more um, or even what parents can do at home to build that, certainly happy to help. My information is on the school website. I would like to add that we with with Seymour schools and COVID-19 unfortunately our process for universal screening and doing our level 1 screeners in this first year was interrupted and we were forced to go on a pause for that as you mentioned earlier, we're not quite sure what things are going to look like, but rest assured to everyone that we are definitely going to be making a plan for that at the start of the year to make sure that we are following up with that and providing intervention and resources to students, teachers, and parents for any students who were identified to be at risk or at some risk for characteristics of dyslexia. It was just uh, it did not make sense at the time for us to to make that a priority because we, you know, we were all working to navigate so many different things here uh, at the end of the school year. And, and we definitely wanted our students safe, happy and healthy through the month of April and May.
0: Well, thank you, Kate, very much. You know, there's a whole program we'll have to do and a whole podcast on uh, the IMSC. I think there's a great deal of information we'd like to share with everybody and, and pick your brain and understand your knowledge and also on the system you were referring to earlier. But Kate, anything in closing, anything else you would like to add?
3: Uh, I would just like to let parents know that uh, this summer I'm looking to curate some things for parents to do with students, uh, with their children that can look very much like a game to help in the development of the phonological and phonemic awareness, which just means sounds, um, working with word sounds. And, and how to do that. Because I think there are many, many parents who want to help their children, but but they're just not sure what the best practice is. And goodness knows the interwebs certainly like to um, give us resources, but we don't always know if that's the best practice for our children and the best way to instruct it. So I'm looking to help share what is best practice and research for reading development and be able to bring that into to our students' homes.
0: Okay. Uh, Nikki, uh, Janet, anything in closing you would like to add about scheduling or anything you might have heard uh, Kate discuss during our dyslexic portion?
1: I just want to remind people to be patient with us, to make sure that we've got everything that we need before we open up schedules, you know, to uh, to the students and parents to email us. Students, check your email, you know, if we need... <laughs> If we need some questions answered, uh, please check your emails. We continue to make changes throughout the summer. We're always, uh, we have to check transcripts once your grades are in. And so we may have to switch some things around. So we send out emails to students. It's always good to check your emails throughout the summer. Um, So that would be probably all to finish up. That's what I was going to
2: say. Just be patient. We're working on the schedule, but we also want to make sure that we have, people where they are, should be and the classes are balanced. And there's a lot of things that go into creating a schedule that works best for everybody. So just be patient.
0: All right. Well, uh, Mrs. DuBois, Mrs. Van Lou, Mrs. Story, thank you guys very much for being a part of this edition of the AL360 podcast. We talked about uh, dyslexia. We also talked about scheduling both for middle school and high school. So for more information, feel free to email or you can always contact us through the Owl360 uh, podcast and look for us there if you have any questions. Well, guys, you know, we always close on something. So I think we have to close on we're soaring to excellence.
3: Everyone, everyone. every day. Every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, stay safe. And uh, thanks for all your work uh, that you do with our uh, kiddos. Okay. Right.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.